It's that time again. Time for the Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. And let's get started and talk Wyoming Cowboy Football. All right, all right. I'm Jeff Fry, your host. And again, this is Cowboy Roundtable. Number eight for the 2019 season, and we've got quite the uh, esteemed group here today uh, to talk Wyoming Cowboy football. Let's start with the introductions. Let's start with a new guy. We've got Casey Orr on with us. Uh, Casey Orr, you're the other half of 7220 with uh, Cody Tucker. Is that right? Uh, yes. Uh, you know, half might not be quite. We have a nice little team. It is very small, but yeah, I'm... Uh, uh, take on a lot of the video and uh, uh, a lot of the way the site and stuff like that looks. And uh, But I do get to go along with all the uh, uh, games and everything. And we do do the Roaring Repeater together where we do analytics and news for the, uh, for the folks. Now, you guys have known each other for a long time. You're both from Cheyenne and you've been in school, I guess, uh, back in the old days. Yeah, it was actually fun, uh, funny story. Um, when we were younger in um, middle school, uh, I had a friend who liked to antagonize people, and he kind of drew the ire of Cody. So Cody actually was not a fan of me or my, my friend when we were younger. It wasn't until we grew up and both got into uh, journalism uh, that we ran into each other again and found out we really worked well together and kind of pushed each other to do uh, a better job. And so I was real thrilled when I got a call from him back in last December saying, hey, do you want to move home and just cover the Cowboys and do all the stuff that we like to do, but, um, you know, at home for the people we care about? Yeah. Well, we're glad you guys did because uh, you're giving uh, giving us a lot of great coverage, and we all appreciate that. Now, out there in Nebraska, we have Adam uh, Freeberg with us. And uh, Adam, uh, uh, how are you doing? Good, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me again. It's been a busy couple of weeks. So I haven't had a chance to come back on the show, but I'm excited to talk some more Cowboy football. And it's been a little cold out there in Nebraska, I guess. You got a little bit of snow. Yeah, we got a little bit of snow uh, late last week. It got pretty cold uh, those couple of days, but now we're back up to the 50s and 60s now, so we're all good. Well, fantastic. And last but, of course, not least, it's the man of the hour, Ian McMacken, publisher of Go I.O. Go Message Board, the go-to message board for Wyoming sports. Ian, how you doing? I'm doing uh, great, Jeff. Uh, it just amazes me how fast these seasons go by. It seems like the older you get, they go by faster. So I look on the schedule and I see we have, well, I think we have four games remaining actually. So, but I checked that out. So it's, it's been an amazing season to this point, just uh, uh, a lot of things going on. So it's, I think uh, hopefully we'll end up with some more amazement as, as this goes forward. So, well, uh, yeah. I mean, we've got three regular season, and uh, I'm assuming that you're counting the fourth game left as being the bowl game. I am. I'm. I'm circling that the Cowboys are going to play in four games this year. Well, last week, I mean, f- seven minutes left in the game against Boise State or something like that. I was counting five games because uh, we we pulled that thing out. We would have been in a very great position to potentially have a championship game so that was a tough pill to swallow the way they lost that game and everything because boy we've been right in the driver's seat if pulled that one out out of Boise State on Saturday so 
Yeah, we're going to discuss that here in a few minutes. But uh, uh, talking about bowls, uh, I did a um, interview, or not an interview, but a recording of um, Doug Friesen, and he lays out the bowl uh, situation, uh, and uh, got about a seven-minute uh, report from him. So we'll play that here in a little bit uh, once we get to that point. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, I really got to uh, play the sad music, you know, because it well, it it didn't work out. Wyoming gone into overtime, seventeen to seven, and seventeen to seventeen. I mean, and uh, those damn Broncos kicked a field goal, and darn it, we just couldn't answer. And uh, that's the way it went uh, over time. But I tell you what, they were a ranked team. What were they, ranked 21 in the nation? And 22nd. What, 22nd? Was that it? Mm-hmm. A, um, but anyway, they went toe-to-toe with the Broncos on the blue. And uh, there's nothing to be ashamed of. It's just uh, a little bit wide. What was it? Wide right? Uh, uh, on the and, t- and a little bit short even, but who's counting yeah, I mean, uh, uh, but when you have to put it on your kicker to win a game, I mean, it's really, uh, it really tells you that um, uh, you didn't take care of business in a lot of respects. And Wyoming had their chances. I mean, they had uh, they had their chances to, uh, uh, first of all, they got ahead twice. Uh, they weren't able to keep those uh, leads. So, uh, you know, that's the way it goes. Oh, the Cowboys had uh, several opportunities to really put that game away, not put it away, but really give themselves a little bit of a, you know, distance there to a point where it wouldn't come down to an overtime kick. Even in overtime, we had an opportunity to uh, win the game, um, not have to kick the field goal. Uh, I mean, everybody's debated this all week. We're down in, you know, 40 yard line with the clock running down a chance to get in the field goal position for a winning kick. And, couldn't convert on a couple plays uh, third and fourth down I mean you could go across the if you rewatch that game you could see you know a play converted here a play converted over there you know we get that victory and it never goes in overtime and I just thought the Cowboys had Boise State on their heels for a while I mean I think we had them in I wouldn't say a panic zone because it's only a seven point game but really to a point where they had to be a little nervous uh, with if we just could have put the pedal on a little bit, maybe got another touchdown or another score or something. So, well, I feel like we had them uh, for the majority of the game. We had them in a position that they're not used to, which is not having yards and yards and yards and yards ahead of their opponent. We held them down to below three yards a carry, um, ninety-one overall yards, and I think they're they're like four hundred plus yards a game was their average beforehand. We held them to two eighty-five, which was only uh, two more yards than we got. Stats across the board were actually pretty even, which is not something anyone expected. I think we were 14 point, they were 14 point favorites to win the whole game. And so I think at halftime, third quarter, you know, all through the game, they were sitting there thinking like, this doesn't feel like us. And so I feel like you're right that we kind of had them in a position that they weren't used to it. We just, we just couldn't, we kept running into that brick wall, that 10 men stacked in the box brick wall that we didn't feel like, I guess we needed to try to go around at all. And, and so there's a lot of those opportunities that we just quite didn't quite uh, push hard enough or not or push the right way, I guess I'd say. Well, there was the one play uh, that uh, they were fourth and uh, 
How many yards was it? Uh, fourth and one. Fourth and one. And they yep. ran it up the gut, and uh, the Broncos stopped us. So that uh, led to the uh, overtime. And, of course, that was uh, addressed in um, Coach Bowles' presser. And uh, he kind of uh, he kind of responded to a question. I think it was even Cody who was asking yeah, him. Yeah, it was Cody. <laughs> <laughs> Cody was asking him about uh, – uh, running up the middle, and uh, this is uh, the response we uh, he got. Every, every every guy out there knows how to do two things: coach little league baseball and call offensive plays. I mean, it's always amazing to me. They they all got it all figured out, and uh, so uh, you know, Brent's been doing this a long time. He and I consult, but I trust him. And yeah, there's no doubt when when uh, you know you run a flea flicker and it doesn't work, all of a sudden that's a bad deal. If it works and the Safety's up. We hit a, a split post on the backside. It's a great call. That's life. That's life. And, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, moaning and groaning on the board about um, Coach Vegan, but um, uh, that's Coach Bull's man. And uh, they, he has total trust in him. So uh, I don't think wasting a lot of uh, energy worrying about whether or not Vegan's going to be around is worth it because. He's going to be around. Well, it's definitely there's it's too there are too many games left in the season. It's not like there's something going to happen right now anyway. That I mean, it's a question you might ask later on, uh, but really the question is right now is is what we're is the same set of play calling going to come back around and is that going to serve us in the future? It definitely didn't serve us the way it could have um, against Boise State. And I, and like the um, the coach didn't quite go as far to say is. You know, as much as we don't want to throw any players under the bus, a lot of those plays, if you look at the offensive line and some of the, and, you know, the overall, the way the play was designed, it could have been something as easy as uh, one of the linemen were supposed to step to the left and pick up a defender instead of the step to the right and had they, you know, remembered that or, or done that little thing, then, you know, the hole opens up the way it was supposed to. And so it's really easy to second guess. And we did uh, bash on the play calling a little bit, but a lot of that – um, at least on the 7220 sports end was just, you know, you see 10 guys, nine guys in the box on the defensive side, and you still, you know, try to force Zazavi and Valade through those A and B gaps every time. There's, you know, there's all sorts of room on the edge. They were, you know, they're stacked real tight in. And when you're, when you're throwing into that many guys, throwing a, a running back into that many guys, it's just kind of hard to figure out. But, I mean, something I had said on our show the other day was, uh, it kept getting us first downs, you know, it kept being just successful enough that, you know, it's hard to say, you know, well, why didn't they switch it up? It's like, you know what, it was kind of working, you know, it was, it held us in a good position between that and the defensive showing all game. It held, a, you know, it held one of the best teams. We were neck and neck with one of the uh, best teams in the Mountain West Conference for the entirety of the game. So, yeah. So, i uh, tell you what, let me uh, uh, take about three minutes of our lives here. And uh, I did the play-by-play, and let's just review the game. The Wyoming Cowboys took on the Boise State Broncos on Saturday, November 9th at Albertson Stadium in Boise, Idaho. The Cowboys came up short, losing to Boise State 17-20 to in overtime. Wyoming received the ball to start the game and drove the ball to the Boise State 40-yard line, where they were forced to punt. Starting on their 8-yard line, the Broncos drove the field for a touchdown in 12 plays, covering 92 yards with 7-10 in the first quarter. Boise State led 7-0. to 
Wyoming got on the scoreboard to tie Boise State on their third drive of the second quarter. Quarterback Tyler Vanderwall rushed to the right for three yards and the touchdown. Here's Vanderwall. He's going to keep it, and he runs it on in. Untouched. Touchdown, Cowboys. After the extra point, it was Wyoming 7, Boise State 7, with 4 minutes and 57 seconds remaining in that first half. The Cowboys took the lead for the first time in the game on a 39-yard field goal by Cooper Roth. The field goal unit quickly out there. Nick Spore will hold it, spots it. The kick is away, and it is good. With one second remaining in the first half, the score stood Wyoming 10, Boise State 7. The Broncos tied the game with nine minutes and 18 seconds remaining in the third quarter on a 59-yard field goal by Eric Soxy. The Cowboys regained the lead with two minutes and 35 seconds remaining in the third quarter on a 21-yard scamper by running back Xavier Valaday. As Vanderwall steps back into the shotgun, the inside handoff goes to Valaday. He's open to the five. He's in. That's a touchdown, Cowboys. What a great job of blocking that inside zone play. After the extra point, Wyoming led the Broncos 17-10. The Broncos tied the score 17 all at 537 in the fourth quarter on a five-yard run by Kali Shakir. The score remained 17-17 at the end of regulation, forcing overtime. The Broncos struck first in overtime with a 38-yard field goal, making the score Boise State 20, Wyoming 17. The Cowboys only managed five yards in their only overtime drive and were forced to kick the field goal to attempt to retie the game. Unfortunately for Wyoming, senior kicker Cooper Roth missed from the 27-yard line. I think I spotted at the 27, so a 37-yard attempt just inside the left hash for Cooper Roth. Snap is back. The kick is away, and it is no good. He missed it. Came up short. The loss left the Cowboys 6-3 and three for the season. The Cowboys will be on the road again this week as they travel to Logan, Utah to battle the Utah State Aggies in the battle for the Bridger Rifle. Jackalope Ridge Media would like to thank Dave Walsh, the University of Wyoming, and Learfield IMG for allowing us to use the cause of the game. Reporting for the Cowboy Roundtable, I'm Jeff Fry. And there was the play-by-play. It was pretty much uh, uh, all the scoring that Wyoming did. And I should have put some defensive plays in there, but um, uh, that was the scoring. Uh, Adam, uh, did you uh, did you listen to the game, and uh, or did you watch the game? Yeah, I watched every second of it. And uh, thanks for reopening that wound um, by <laughs> playing the game, the play by play again. Just when I thought I was getting over it, um, yeah, that was tough. You know, like a lot of what Casey said is it was tough. A lot of what Ian said. It's a game that we had. Um, we we really flustered their quarterback. I felt like obviously it was their backup quarterback also, but I really felt like he was on his heels all game long from the very get-go. You kind of had that feeling even on their first drive that our defense was there to play, that their quarterback um, play wasn't going to be what it would have been if the first guy would have played. So I really felt like we had him flustered the whole game. 
it's a real fine line for me as far as, man, we, we went toe-to-toe with probably the best team in the conference. The guys played their tails off. But then the other fine, the other end of that fine line is those are the games you got to win. Um, we're at Boise, everything against us. Like we said, we're 14-point underdogs. You don't have that many chances on that field to get that big of a – really would have been a program-changing win, I feel like, especially for this season with our backup quarterback. Um, we just couldn't we just couldn't find a way to finish, and it was – you know, I know we're all frustrated. And like, like you guys said, people on the board are frustrated with play calling and could have done this, could have done that, and, you know – you know, it is what it is. I, I trust the coaches. Um, like Ian's made the point on the board many times, the program is so much farther along now than even it was two, three years ago, we feel like. Um, the recruiting is getting better. This loss stung, no doubt about it. Um, it really stung a lot. It was one of those that you just felt like slipped right through your hands. And like Ian said, I mean, this, this could have changed our whole season. We would have been driver's seat for Mountain West Championship, maybe even hosting it, who knows power or a group of five team that could be top ranked all that stuff was on the line and um while we couldn't get it done you know like i said it's a fine line because i felt like our guys played super hard and i feel like our program is to the point now where we don't just expect to get blown out by boise and teams like that and teams like utah state or san diego state so while yes i'm disappointed also and you know play calling is what it is those guys are paid a lot of money um they know a lot more football than you know we all think we do um I, I trust the direction of the program. Well, that one's because it was such an emotional loss, but I hope it doesn't carry into this week and we get beat twice. Well, now I wanted to ask Casey, uh, did you go into the locker room after the game? Uh, I suppose the mood was pretty dour in there. Um, we weren't quite in the locker room right outside of it. Yeah, no, we were out there right afterwards. Uh, they came out. Um, Tyler Vanderwall had uh, tears in his eyes. We had the video up on our site. Um, and uh, even Logan Wilson, like you were talking about, Adam, um, he said this is the toughest loss since the Mount West Championship um, the other year. And, and to lose for uh, on a kick like that, like you said, to be able to go neck and neck with the uh, um, ranked 20 troop team and do everything they did and play as hard as they did and just, just barely not get it was really heartbreaking. And uh, uh, Tyler Vanderwall said that you could hear a pin drop in the locker room um, as he was coming out and just said that people, uh, you know, the team was in disbelief because um, they did everything that they – felt like they needed to do to come away with a win and it just didn't happen and so um logan wilson it was his last opportunity to get a win on uh with boise state at home and he said that really hurt for him because he thought you know up until that last moment he thought he you know was going to walk away with a, a win in the big blue turf which is just a great thing for a Wyoming cowboy to have especially since we're we went to one in 13 um in our last 14 massive matchup to boise state well, I guess uh, you know we're going to get a win up there one of these days. Uh, Wyoming has had 12 games on the blue, and we have not come away with a win yet. Uh, now, we've gotten the one victory against Boise at home, uh, but uh, I tell you what, they're a frustrating team. They're damn good. They recruit well. Uh, they're a national uh, uh, entity, and, uh, boy, there's, they're, they're the standard for not only our division – but for the league. So, uh, yeah, my, my opinion, I think Adam really did a great job explaining kind of why, way I feel about it. He did a really good job. And Casey, you're doing great too. Um, I think it is, 
this game to me is as disappointed as I was with the loss because I think Adam covered the bases on why this was a tough loss. Cowboys are, in my opinion, are, are really narrowing that gap against Boise State right now. And uh, you can make an argument, you know, we talked about how well they've been recruiting. And, of course, they're still the standard because they have the track record in the league. But uh, one thing I got out of the way the Cowboys play against Boise State on Saturday is I don't think it was an accident. I don't think it was a fortuitous uh, thing where they just happened to play their best possible game they can possibly play in Gabe Boise game. I really do think this program is really getting closer to, uh, you know, being being a championship contender and I think it's a big deal because where we were five to ten years ago five years ago I don't think a lot of people believe we we, we could get to this point and I think going forward I believe the Wyoming Cowboy football program going into next year is going to be the Mountain West Conference uh, contender for a championship I we, feel that pretty strongly you know I I, I agree with you I think that uh, that was not a fluke game Wyoming was on the same level as Boise and they took it to him and it, it was a hell of a game. And uh, even with our backup quarterback, uh, I wanted to get on Tyler Vanderwall for a moment. Uh, he really showed a lot of confidence and uh, I don't know. Uh, anybody know what his passing passing stats were? Because 15 were and 23. 15 and 23. Yeah. I mean, that's five more, which is five more pass plays that we've run all season in one game. And, uh, I tell you what, the, the guys were catching the ball for him. He had he didn't have too many uh, missed throws. Uh, I don't know uh, how many drop throws he had, but uh, he was really <laughs> on the mark. So the passing game looked really well. Well, what was great about it, too, is he, he actually completed receptions to seven separate uh, players, including Zazavian Valade, uh, two to Zazavian Valade. And that's something which we ha- we have not seen so far in the passing game. And that's one reason I feel really good, like uh, I was saying, in watching how um, how this team can uh, react to um, losing Sean Chambers and like be able to respond with Tyler Vanderbilt. And he did an amazing job picking up the passing game. Like I said, you know, it's really easy to armchair offensive coordinator, but I would have loved to see a couple more of those um, just because it was being so successful, even those little five-yard, six-yard uh, tosses. But completing the seven different um, eligible receivers in one game is just something we haven't been able to see so far this uh, season, um, it, you know, especially with a tough opponent, opponent like Boise State. And so that gives me a lot of confidence going forward that if we're the kind of team that could have beat Boise, like you said, we couldn't pull it off this time, but that makes me feel really good about the future going forward, especially with such a young team. Right. Yeah, Jeff, if you don't mind me commenting some more about that, when was I mean, when was the last time that we had a backup quarterback that could go into Boise State and possibly win and push to overtime? I mean, I, I think that speaks to the depth of the program right now, the depth of recruiting. I mean, we went toe-to-toe with our backup quarterback at Boise, and we couldn't have said that five, ten years ago. I mean, I mean, I'm, you know, we lose our starting quarterback then, and we're done, and we're going to go into Boise, get beat by three or four touchdowns. So, and our guys felt confident. So I think it speaks to the depth of the program and the state of the program right now that we can have a backup quarterback, go to the blue turf, and damn near get it done. Well, and it speaks to the defense, too, because the defense Absolutely. played a hell of a game. Absolutely. You know, we, we, we kind of focus on offense because of our frustrations and the backup quarterback situation, but – the defense has just been solid. And so our defense is arguably better than last year's defense with all those NFL guys on it. I mean, um, 
we're young up front on the line. We're extremely young. You know, obviously Logan Wilson's carrying a big load for us. The uh, DBs have came up big. You know, we've lost some guys back there and they've came up big. And just like Ian said, and like Casey said, I mean, the future is bright. You know, obviously you got to go and win those games. And I really like next year's schedule. All of the tough games are at home. We got Utah at home. Obviously we want to finish this year really tough and get into a bowl and get a bowl win. But I think we're set up pretty nice for the future. I think yeah, so. considering we um, <laughs> bring up the depth situation, uh, we our main quarterback goes down, but we lost, uh, you know, I think a guy that was real on his way having a big season, I, I really believe this was uh, Trey Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that run he made against Idaho, I mean, he looked Brian Hill. I'm not saying he went necessarily like a Brian Hill, but I wouldn't doubt it because he, big physical running back, made that great run against Idaho. Um, and then the, you know, our top uh, offensive lineman goes down. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of rehashing some stuff. I'm, I'm sure we've rehashed this enough, but it's not only just the quarterback, but we, you know, and I know everybody in the league loses players and, you know, deals with some of that stuff, but just back to what you said, Adam, losing the quarterback, but also losing some of our key players. Uh, I, I can't imagine what a, a team from Wyoming five to 10 years ago would happen if they would have lost that their top talent like that they wouldn't have been uh, hanging with a whole lot of teams in this league and that includes nevada so that's really really good news for us now jeff i interrupted you so go ahead with your thought <laughs> so, well uh, uh uh that's that train passed through the station a long time ago I don't, i'm not catching up with that one uh, i have an effect like that once in a while well I, t- <laughs> I tell you what uh why don't we just put this one to bed and say oh well uh, you know, uh, we'll get them next year. And I hate to say that, but you know, that's just the way it is. And we've got to go on, uh, with three more games and I might as well play this, uh, for you guys. Uh, you guys won't know what it is. That's the Utah state fight song. Inspiring uh, ditty there. So, Logan, Utah, Merlin Olson Field this Saturday. And uh, it's going to be on ESPNU, right? Did I get that correct? Yeah. And uh, what time is the kickoff? Is it 2 o'clock mountain? Is that right? Yeah, that is correct. Yes. What U- was that ESPNU. again? What time again? Uh, two o'clock Mountain Standard Time on ESPNU. Ah, so the, I got to do my calculation in my head. That'll be four o'clock here. Okay, out here in Virginia. Uh, all right, but that's a day game, so that's uh, that's interesting. Uh, Utah State. Anybody know what their record is at this point? Oh my head! It. Nobody knows. Huh? I mean, we're. Five and four overall. Five and four overall. Okay. So and what's their league record again? Oh gosh, I don't know. We gotta get our uh We haven't done a very good researching Utah State apparently, at least the <laughs> yeah. record record. We're so focused. They're, de- a, so they're focused definitely still in the conference hunt. They're gonna have plenty of motivation to play. You know, they're close I think they're bowl eligible, but they're getting close. Um, but they, they still feel like they can win the mountain division. I mean, uh, you know, they still, I think they still got Boise state left, so they're really in a good situation to, uh, you know, they're going to be motivated to play us, but I also think we, we are going to play with some edge again. I, I can, I can sense that coming. So, 
Yeah, and well, and that's something I was thinking about too. Is we're going down there and like now coming off a game like this, we're bound to have. I mean, Coach Bull and like we talked about moving on from Boise State. Coach Bull has his twenty-four hour rule, which says you got twenty-four hours to feel mad about it, bad about it, and whatever. Then you move on to the next game. But you know they're human beings, and I guarantee they walk into Logan uh, with a, a chip on their shoulder and something to prove, and wanting to play the same game they played in Boise against Utah State. And I think if they do that, they they win. And it also, you know. You got the Bridger rifle, and there's there's something to uh, to knocking Utah State out of the hunt. That's that might be a little bit of a, a motivator there for them too. Yeah, uh, the this is uh, one of those games I feel really good about. Uh, yeah, I do too. Uh, now, uh, the 24 hour rule, uh, Coach uh, uh, Coach Bull talked about that in the last presser. Yeah, there was no 24 hours as us. I mean, I think we got back at 3.40, and we were in early the next day grinding away. And one of the best things you can always do is is go back through, comb through the tape, uh, bank it, and then uh, FIDO it, forget it and drive on is what we say, and, and, and start looking at Utah State, and that's one of the best things to do. Um, what we have to be able to do is make sure that this is an entirely different uh, schemes that we're going to be confronted with, but another very quality opponent, and we're going to need to bring back that same level of intensity uh, and, and energy and effort for this game to give us a chance to win. Yep, he said the same thing. So we're all in agreement with the coach on that one. Yeah, well, yeah, and we even talked to a couple of the players uh, and talked about like what their process was for the 24-hour rule, and they said – you know, on the plane ride home, they were talking about the what ifs and what should we done's and and where do we fall short and stuff like that. But then the next day, um, I remember one of the defend, defenders um, was talking about how he sat with some friends and they kind of stayed in in the room and played video games and just tried not to think about it the next day. And that's a, they're they're key to being able to move forward and not hold it with them all the way through practice the next week. Yeah, you don't want to let a team beat you twice. And, exactly, uh, and that can happen. Yeah, I think the Cowboys have plenty of motivation, even though they're not in out of the division race. But I have an odd scenario that could play out that could put Wyoming right back into the race. I'm not going to do it today, but there's some tiebreaker stuff that if if Utah State was to lose to you know beat Boise and we we ran the table and beat Utah State, you know there might be some um, things that might pop up there in the end of the conference season. I'm an optimist. I'm always looking at the needle of the haystack when it comes to <laughs> doing this stuff. But cow, you know the Cowboys have a chance to win ten games still. That has to to me a bit of a motivation. I know they're going to have to win four in a row to do it. Um, you know we still as the you know interview that Jeff had with Doug, I mean, they still have not wrapped a bowl game up. If they end up with six wins, they're not going to be going to a bowl game. So they're going to have a, you know, and I think the pride factor too is is pretty strong on this football team. And I know Casey goes in the locker room, talks to those guys a lot. So there's a, there's definitely a pride factor, I think, with this group of players. Well, I tell you, uh, it's tough to play up in Utah uh, State. Uh, we've always had a, uh, kind of a grudge with them up there. Uh, they seem to have been a, uh, I don't know, I won't say a, a dirty playing team, but it's been a rough game up there. Uh, we've, uh, uh, it seems like to me. Uh, yeah, Cody's talked about how a couple times, like they've run the score up on us, and then we've gone back and run up the score on them. And so, you know, it's not been a long standing rivalry, but um, one of the things that we do have is we do have the uh, Bridger's Rifle Trophy just actually an, a real rifle um you know and like um 
Ryan was talking about then following that, you've got the uh, border war with uh, CSU and the Bruins boot. And then after that, we have, you know, the longstanding kind of uh, a contention between us and Air Force. So the last couple games um, are all games that no matter what's going on in the season, I think that this team will want to beat and will be motivated to play their best at. So we've got that kind of going for us as far as uh, motivation for the team. Well, let's go around the horn. Let's start with uh, Adam. What's your prediction? Oh, man. Um, I think we're about five-point underdogs right now. Um, I'm I'm honestly worried about still a hangover effect. I know they got 24-hour rule and whatnot. These are still college kids. That was a really tough loss. But obviously, I'm not going to pick us to lose. Um, I'm going to say Pokes 24, Aggies 21. Casey? Um, I think we get the offense going a little bit. I think we uh, we try some of the same stuff, but don't run into that Boise first wall. So I'm going to say something more like uh, like 28, or sorry, 32 to 28. I think a little bit. One thing uh, Cody asked me to, to pass along is his his the dire wish is for us to win by a field goal kicked by Cooper Roth. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Well, that might be too nerve wracking, though. I, I, want, I actually want to see a blowout so we can relax and have our beer, enjoy the rest of the game, right? So, <laughs> so what about you, yeah, Ryan? What do you say? Well, I'm going. To, I'm going with gut instinct here, and I don't really like to make predictions because I've actually predicted all season. I like to make general statements. I think okay. the Cowboys are the better football team. I, I truly believe that. The only thing that would make me nervous is what Adam mentioned. The a hangover effect of the, it's tough to come back with the loss that Boise state loss was a stinging loss. You can feel it, but I also think there's a lot of character in this football program. I do believe that. Um, and I'm going to say the Cowboys win 30 to 24. I do think we can do some, I think we can run the football on Utah state and I mm-hmm. think we can keep their, I love our defensive line this year, 10 man rotation. Wyoming's never been in that situation. I think that's such a, positive thing to have for a football team to be able to rotate those many guys and you know keep fresh throughout the football game so i'm saying the cowboys are going to win it's going to be a fairly close game i say 30 to 24 so 30 to 24 well i i, I think given the fact that um uh well we, we we don't score a lot of points usually but uh i think they're going to be really hyped up and i like the passing game from uh tyler vanderall he he brings that with us uh, I'm going to think that uh, I'm going to go big. I think that Wyoming's going to score 38, 40 points, and uh, they're going to they're going to awesome. They're going to uh, beat uh, Utah State by two touchdowns at least. So that's great. Love it. <laughs> Coming so, from Jeff, Jeff's usually you know pretty even keel with his predictions. So that is uh, that's exciting. Yeah, me, well, so. <laughs> uh, I'll probably be blown out of the water, but you know what the heck? I'm going to give it a shot here. Yeah, we'll be kicking ourselves, <laughs> kicking ourselves next week if this doesn't work out, and then we'll have to then we'll have to predict the loss to. Well, I'm not going to say that. So, so hopefully we'll pull this one out. So, well, now assu- assuming assuming that I'm correct, that I mean Wyoming has seven wins against three losses, and uh, that's a pretty good position to be in. But I talked with, uh, I talked with. Uh, uh, Doug Friesen today, and he's done a lot of research, uh, ifs, ands, and ors, and buts, and whatever. And uh, let's listen to uh, his take on the bowl projections. Well, good evening, folks. Um, 
This is Doug Friesen from Toasty Warm Arizona, and I'm here to talk about Mountain West Bowl opportunities for Wyoming this year. And, um, you know, it, it's getting to be that time of the year. We're getting down to crunch time. The pokes are bowl eligible, but does that mean they're in a bowl? Well, as we learned last year, not necessarily. Um, what I'm doing is I'm taking a look at the Mountain West football 2019 bowl selection process and they have a set of eligibility guidelines. And um, those guidelines are very specific into the hierarchy in which teams are chosen. Once all those, um, that, those guidelines are satisfied, then any remaining options can be filled with eligible teams. Okay, so that's where Wyoming is at right now. We are an eligible team, just like any other team that's eligible. Um, the guidelines, the criteria is, of course, the Mountain West Conference champion is um, Las Vegas Bowl eligible or, um, you know, if they were to be picked at large for another bowl, such as a NY6 Bowl. The second criteria is the division or the championship loser, um, regardless of their overall record is the required second selection. Um, then the picks go to by regular season conference record. And again, this is what I want to emphasize. It doesn't matter. You could be an eight win team, but be four and four in conference. And you are not at the top of the hierarchy when it comes to regular season conference record. Because the, the simple uh, perspective is, is, is you are positioning yourself to represent the Mountain West Conference in postseason play. And the reward within the conference says is the better you play in conference, you will be one of our representatives. Um, and the Mountain West, as far as they're concerned, they know that there's cross-division games, but they clearly say that they have to go on the basis that all schedules ultimately are equal. Well, you know, you could argue any given year we played uh, um, the first and second place winners of that division, an 8-0 team and a 7-1 team in conference play, while somebody else in, in our side um, played a 1-7 and and a 0-8 team. Um, well, yeah, that's the luck of the draw. But as far as the conference goes, um, um, the schedules are considered to be directly comparable. The next criteria after regular season conference record, two teams play to a four and four conference record. Let me bring up San Diego State from last year who finished at seven and five. Wyoming finished at six and six. Both of us had four and four records. Head to head results. Did we play each other last year? No, we did not. So what is the final criteria used? Common opponents. Well, if you go down the list, uh, for common opponents, um, we pretty much lost to the same teams that San Diego lost to. But what happened is San Diego State beat a team at the top. They beat Boise. We didn't beat Boise. That is why San Diego State at 7-5 and five was, was selected for a bowl over Wyoming at 6-6, six and six, even though we had an equal conference record. So what that does is it throws out the, the thought that well, seven-win teams take precedence over six. The NCAA kind of quietly dropped that requirement you know, at least two or more years ago. And um, 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 
that is not going to be anything that does a big favor for anybody anymore. Um, so what we're looking at right now is the standings in the conference. There are a number of teams that can um, get to the six and six level. If Wyoming were to finish at six and six, they would be three and five in conference play. You can basically eliminate them because mathematically some other teams that would get to six and six would have a five and three record. I hate to say this folks, but the sheet could go six and six. And even if we beat them um, at seven and five and four wins and four losses in conference, the sheep would get picked at six and six with a five and three conference record, even though we beat them. Okay. So that's what's critical is winning more conference games than anybody else. So what I'd encourage you all to do is take a look at the schedules, take a look in the mountain West specifically who's playing who and, you know, do your own speculations, but try and project that. Every team that you want to lose, the less teams that become eligible, um, the better position you are in. And my thought is, is that Wyoming at six and six is out. If we go to seven and five, four and four in conference, we need a little help from uh, friends, you know. And the best thing that we can do is win. We win every game, we're in good shape. We win two, we're in very good shape. One, at least gives us a better chance if we don't win any of our remaining games, toast. So anyway, that is my analysis. It'll be a little easier to explain, maybe even a little more complicated next week. So, um, outside, one little side note here. Outside of Mountain West Conference play, the conferences we want to look at as far as hoping teams don't become bowl eligible to fill all their slots is the Big Ten, the Big 12, and the Pac-12. And all of them right now are kind of in that narrow area. And um, one game of particular interest to um, that might be beneficial to us in coming out of the Big 12 is played at TCU once again. We want Texas Tech in that game because TCU would be on the brink of elimination then with one more loss if they lose to Texas Tech. Folks might not realize it, but TCU, our former conference mates, won on the final day of the year to take the spot for the Big 12. Otherwise, the Mountain West would have had one more option. So, you know, you can always hope for teams not to become eligible to fill spots where the Mountain West has a contractual tie. Anyway, that is my report, and I look forward to talking to you next week with a Pokes win to talk about. So there, that's uh, Doug's report. Um, Casey, Good job uh, by Doug, by the way. That was very well done. Oh, yeah, very. Yeah. It really laid it out. Uh, uh, have you and Cody, uh, Casey, have you and Cody talked this over uh, in the same vein? Not, not, not to that depth. We've uh, I talked a lot about how more of a practical. Like, like I, I need a Tylenol at this point. Um, no, but uh, we've talked about it in a general way as more of a uh, like what we feel like we need to do or what we need to show um, for invitations and stuff like that. As far as um, we know, we're kind of uh, out of the conversation as far as the Mountain West Championship is going. But um, like the coach, I was uh, like Coach Bowles talks about. He says people are watching in November. And I think, um, like you said, if we can get at least uh, 
two or three wins over the next couple of games. We're going to Utah State where there's the, you know, the Bridger Rifle. We're on ESPNU. We're going to get watched. Then we're going to go into the border war. And, you know, the whole uh, mountain area is going to watch the, be, uh, you know, looking at us for the border war. Then we're going to uh, Air Force. And Air Force has done such a good job this year that I feel like that we have an ability right now as far as, you know, not all the, on the technical side, but on the, you know, they're out to kind of make some money with some bowl games kind of realistic side, like the showbiz side of it. I think that we're uh, going to draw a crowd with the next couple of games. And so if we play the kind of football. I feel like that we've developed into a team that can play. Uh, I think we have a lot, a really good chance, especially since I feel like we have a good chance of winning the next few games. Well, one of the things that Doug pointed out to me, and uh, I have to say that I agree is that if it comes down to it, eyeballs uh mean a lot to the yeah. uh to the uh, uh to ESPN and they're the ones that sponsor a lot of these uh bowl games and so if you've got a chance of Wyoming going into a game and Michigan State or somebody like that is eligible as well uh of course they got a lot more eyeballs that watch them now from the bowl standpoint you know they like to have a lot of people show up so that's another factor that we have to worry about. Yeah, no no question about it. That's always been the challenge. The way Doug kind of broke everything down, I kind of appreciate it because we can focus on – the big thing is focus on those leagues that are going to automatically get the bowl – situation and start rooting against a lot of those uh, five win teams you know that uh, trying to see get a bunch of them I think you mentioned two leagues am I correct is it, do you remember what two leagues he mentioned that that we shouldn't watch to lose but try to m make sure those leagues don't get their their bowls filled well Pac, and the, uh, Pac, the Pac 12 and the Big 12 I think was yeah and there's that bowl out there that uh, Boise State went to a couple of years ago which is kind of a wild card bowl which is a really nice bowl and if that bowl doesn't get filled that goes to the Mount West Conference so uh, the Cheez-It Bowl I think should have listened better but anyways my point is that it opens up some additional bowls outside the Mount West Bowl so you know, it's it's if you like watching college football, you can get down there and do, be very analytical and actually start looking at the scoreboards of some of these teams that are sitting at four or five wins right now in these leagues. And if they're playing an eight-win team, maybe you root against, obviously against the lower team with the less wins. So they're kind of eliminated out of that bowl picture. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, um, uh, the best thing to do is to win and uh, win and win and win. Three wins. You get that, and uh, I don't think we have anything to worry about. So, gentlemen, uh, I think uh, we've kind of beat that horse a little bit. We've beaten all the horses <laughs> that we've had today. Uh, I want to thank you. And so, you know what, I, uh, Casey, you've not been on here, but uh, there's something that I do every game, and it's just uh, it's kind of a tradition, at least for me. I reach over here. And I grab myself a cold one. Ah, there you go. Ah. Pour it in. I'm ready to go. Just a little nightcap. And, uh... So there you have it. Discussed Wyoming Cowboy football. want to thank Casey Orr of 7220. Thank Adam Freeberg from Garing, Nebraska. 
And of course, Ian McMacken, the publisher of Go I O Go. Gentlemen, thank you. Thank Thanks you for having me so much. And, thank you, uh, guys. We'll be back for uh, podcast number 10. Uh, and again, we'll, hopefully we'll be able to play the happy music for the victory. And I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we will. So, uh, gentlemen, why don't we roll out of here in the traditional manner? This is Cowboy Roundtable. I'm your host, Jeff Fry. want to welcome you back for podcast number 10 next week after we've played Utah State. I want to thank our members, Casey Orr, Ian McMacken, Adam Freeberg. Cowboy Roundtable is a production of Jackalope Ridge Media, LLC. All rights reserved.